Hey, I'm Shay Z, creative alchemist, music producer, artist, and vocal vixen. Born in Xanadu and living in LA, ready to scratch that itch in your brain. And hey, I'm Mandy, singer, actress, lover, born and raised in LA, here to sprinkle a little magic everywhere I go. And welcome, and welcome to the welcome Sonic, Sonic, Sonic Chronicles. We discuss the soundtracks and music of the most popular film titles of the year mm-hmm. and how they were influenced or were influenced by the cultural and global buzz of that year. Mm. Who were its popular tastemakers and storytellers and what was the frequency of that time? Yes, let's get into it again. Let's get into it. And this is actually 1998, 1998 Part, part 2. two. Mm-hmm. Part 2. And I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> Hey, I want to close my eyes. <laughs> All right, so I hope you guys know what quote that's from oh, or what song that's from, yes. what movie that was in, mm-hmm. but we are going to review that title. Yeah, so part one, we basically are breaking out our episodes into two parts for the year we do, just so we have more time to go through the amazing titles that emerge. You know, we have the top box office as well as the top rated movies that we look at each year. Yes. And we bounce that against what was happening in the world and also what was happening musically with that. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to see if there's a connection. What were we drawn to? Maybe some of the music and what was in those movies was the reason why that movie was popular. Or maybe that was just what was like, you know, resonating with everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make I sure think you check out part one if you missed it. Cause definitely. Did some great. Yes. I mean, year. both of these parts, we divided it equally. We felt, yes. we felt pretty equal about the titles. Mm-hmm. And we really wanted to kind of like divvy it up enough so that it was good variety but the titles are awesome I, I remember thinking wow we take you on a time warp <laughs> 25, 25 years 25 years ago. we zip back <laughs> and I'm like Jesus 25 years 1998 that is crazy but a lot has changed culturally. A lot has changed musically. A lot has changed in our storytelling. And so it was really interesting to see what was the buzz that year, what people were loving. Let's go back yeah, to that time. Yeah, let's go remind back to Remind me what was happening in 98. Let's Gosh. remind you guys what was happening, what was stirring around the world, okay? That was the year that the Good Friday Agreement, a peace accord signed between Northern Ireland and the Republic of Ireland was implemented. That was like a big kind of to-do, I guess, apparently. So this is like something we were of globally, not Ooh. necessarily a U.S. thing, right? The United Nations created the International Criminal Court mm. to prosecute individuals for crimes against humanity, war crimes, and genocide. Okay. So this was something that they realized was an issue that we needed to speak to, we needed to put into place, right? Uh, the United States launched airstrikes against Iraq in oh. response to non-compliance with U.N. weapons inspections. So again, U.N. was trying to step it up. We were asking them, hey, we need you to be peacekeepers. You know, there was a lot of bad actors going on around the world. You know, there was a lot of war tension Mm -hmm. happening that year. The euro was implemented that year. What? That was became the official currency of the European Union that year. Whoa. The euro. Remember, it used to be like, go to London, it's pounds, and yeah, everybody has their so own thing. True. Mm-hmm. And then the Winter Olympics were held in Nagano, Japan. Mm. And we saw the debut of women's ice hockey as an Olympic sport. <gasps> Yay. How cool is that? Girl power. 
Girl power. Do you know, Shay, that year was also the year that Seinfeld had its final episode? <gasps> that was the end of Seinfeld? That was the end of Seinfeld and the beginning of Sex in the City. Oh, <laughs> kind your, of favorite, bad, my favorite. your favorite. Um, but also, Lauren Hill released her Ooh, epic Lauren album, Miss Education. Oh my God, Lauren that Hill. was such a dope album. I still iconic. It's timeless, timeless album. And do you remember the famous duet by Brandy and Monica? Yes. The boy is mine, the boy is mine, the boy is mine. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry oh. that you seem to be confused. Oh. <laughs> he belongs to me. The boy is mine. <laughs> yes. Yo. Oh my God. Yes. Good and reference. I love it. You wouldn't think this. But maybe what? Harrison Ford was sexiest man alive that year. I believe it. I believe it too. I believe it. You know what? He's kind of making a comeback. Do you, have you seen the show Shrinking on Apple TV? Everybody keeps talking about it. You this. have to watch it. Okay, I need to watch it. It's got Apple also TV. Jason Siegel. Siegel. Yes. So it's him and Harrison Ford. And perfect combo. I, you know what? It was together. random at first, and I was like, wait a second. And I love his character. He actually is older and a little bit slowed down, but still the same kind of smooth Ooh, even keel so vibe yeah. yeah you know indiana jones all the things mm. he always had that kind of like very smooth silky kind of vibe you know mm. he still does and actually he's really funny he's really funny <laughs> i can't wait to watch that. you gotta watch it it's super smart and it actually is really sweet mm. it's a good show um it's only one season in oh perfect i can just binge right you can do it. it you can binge it one last thing i have to say otherwise mm-hmm. about 98? 98 yeah Share release, do you believe? <gasps> do you believe? You gotta Save say Save a life after low. <laughs> oh, oh, I can feel something inside me say. <laughs> yes! Th- I'll stop that. No, what keep going. That? I love it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Share, so mother. That was her she comeback. Was, that was her comeback. There was a big comeback push yes. for Share. And, and everybody was All like, oh my God. All this dance music. Like, she's like Fountain of Youth. Yeah, she, well, the, the onesie that was like a see-through onesie. Oh, Remember? Yeah. She was all like, I am Cher, I don't care what my age is. Cher has had a hit song in every decade. So... Seriously, she is amazing. I feel like when we think about that artist like that, I mean, obviously when we pick it up, but she's been in a lot of movies too. That's the other thing. She's She's an amazing actor. Academy Award winner. Oh wait, she's an amazing actor. Oh yes. Um, want to talk about Moonstruck? Why don't we? Yes, Moonstruck. I was just about to say that. Which is Eastwick. Oh my God, so many. Yes, I love her. Seriously, like I don't know why she's not number one. Whenever people talk about that, like artists who keep themselves like relevant every decade. One in my heart. No. <laughs> but I know, but you know what? You know, other artists come up first, like maybe no, yeah. Madonna or something. Yeah. Like that. I'm saying, like, of course, goddess in her own right. Right. But really, like, Cher is like Cher a triple paved threat. the way for sure. Like in every great decade. actor, great <laughs> artist. Yes, that was crazy. 90s. Oh my god, I love that. And <laughs> oh, yeah, so that's that's an interesting year. idea. Well, yeah, in '98, the music was kind of. I guess that was it. It was like that kind of music was charting, right? Definitely dance music. It was a mix of dance and, and maybe like, like R and B and yeah, it was more like that kind of vibe that was charting, right? And also pop, sugar pop, Britney, because that, that started spilling into 2000 boy bands and all that man. stuff, right? Yes, it was almost like a, a 
pendulum swing away from like grunge and all the other stuff that was happening in the earlier 90s. And like we mentioned in the first part of or 1998, TRL had just launched this year. So that's why that's the when, dance pop stuff was really popping. And we were just always watching the music videos. And that's when music videos were just. That's when there was actually music videos. That we on wanted to watch. Music, <laughs> television, and TV. Yeah, it's so yeah. sad that it literally become overrun with reality television. And then mm-hmm. they don't even do. They remember Old Nation? Have... Yo MTV Rap? Yo. I mean, all those channels. And it was like you look forward to watching a video. Like someone, Madonna put out Like a Prayer. And it was like everybody came over to someone's house to watch the actual yes. like, video. And it was like cinematic. And like that doesn't happen anymore. It's like, but also it moved over to VH1. Like, remember? Yeah. They would actually continue to still play music videos. Do you videos. remember Pop-Up Video? Yes. <laughs> My friend all actually cool worked on that show. Really? Yeah. She had to do the prompts facts. of all the prom- fun That's facts. So cool. Yeah, isn't that funny? That'd be an awesome job. Yeah. <laughs> that was that time. That was the time. That was our culture. That was the frequency of the time. That was the frequency. So here we are looking at film storytellers. Mm-hmm. What Let's are we looking dive. at? Let's do Let's it. Get into it. All right. We got some good ones for this episode. We got some good ones. Just like last episode, but this surprised me some of the ones that we had to narrow it down. We did. There were so many that we we had to just cut. We narrowed it down. We did use some science. (laughs) (laughs) But we did decide it was the ones that not only chart topped in terms of popularity of watching, but it was also significant in terms of their soundtrack or their music score or something that had to do with the music artistry, right? Yes. And that could be that maybe the music or the soundtrack was charting as well. You know, that could be that. Yeah, All let's, right, let's get shall into Shall I pick first? first? You pick first, Okay. I love you more than anything in the universe. Except my dog, of course. <gasps> what is this? Armageddon! Armageddon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ooh, remember that movie? That. So here's the thing about Armageddon. We realized there was another movie at the time that was equally popular, but also was speaking to the exact same thing, but had a different take on it, mm. which we're not going to fully review, but we wanted an honorable mention. Yes. Is Deep Impact. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I actually saw Deep Impact in the theater. I was interested in it. That had Morgan Freeman. You know, oh, and, yeah, Morgan yeah, people like that and some other well-known actors but it was a bit more like from a scientific perspective it was almost more of like an indie film kind of vibe where it was like really trying to speak to what we thought at the time we understood about climate threats to us a planet threat was asteroids out in space we weren't even thinking about stuff on our planet so that was interesting because it was more like that armageddon on the other hand (laughs) to me it was definitely hollywood's take Mm -hmm. and they loaded it up with people bruce willis was one of the stars that tells you a lot And it was all about kind of like Top Gun meets, I don't know. You know, it was just kind of like, let's blow it out of the air. I know. You know, and it was a little unrealistic in my opinion. But what, had a great cast, like, you, you, like, Yeah, you tell me more ben what you Affleck, thought about it. Liv Tyler, Billy Bob Thornton's in this. And Billy Bob was the main character. I Owen Wilson was in this too. He Owen was, like and he actually role. had a small role. And Liv Tyler, though, she she was a daughter she of was Bruce. She was one of the leads, yeah. Bruce Willis, what was his name? In the, he was one of the main characters. Bruce Willis, his name was Harry. Harry, and so she was his daughter. And yeah, and Harry's protege was AJ Frost, played ben by Ben Affleck. Aff- Aff- yes, and they were a love couple. A love couple there. Not, not him and Harry, but <laughs> Liv. <laughs> but it was kind of like there was moments where even the music was kind of like wah, 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 wah. Like it was very like diehard. That's it. Oh, it was diehard yes. meets, you very know, die-hardy. Top Gun. Just a good action. Lots of explosions. Love story <laughs> and <laughs> heroic bonding and patriotism and great comedic relief with Steve Buscemi. 
Sammy in this and Owen Wilson. I love so Steve. Funny. You, he's actually one of my favorite actors, and I always forget about that. But he did what he could for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like you probably get a sense of how I felt about the movie. But here's the other thing that was really fantastic. This is kind of like the saving grace of why we felt the need to speak to Armageddon versus Deep Impact is that famous song. Oh my gosh. Was what really kind of gave it its like heels. I mean, the famous song, what I said, don't want to miss a thing. The quote for this episode is that Aerosmith, hello, lives father, a real life father. This is the song that was the anthem for this movie. Yes, it was yeah. literally the anthem for the movie. Yeah, I think in terms of the hype and how they promoted it, actually, it's kind of a bummer for Deep Impact because it basically was competing with Deep Impact. It was the same idea planet disaster, you know, what happens when a comet is threatening life on Earth, you know, and because Armageddon was like really pumped up, it was like a Hollywood blockbuster, you know, a famous song, Liv Tyler, she was kind of coming out of the woodwork as an actor. She was actually really awesome in this movie, I have to say. Yeah, and the soundtrack was incredible with Aerosmith with this, obviously, mm-hmm. this famous song, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, written yeah. by Diane Warren. Yes. It, it was a love ballad originally. She had in mind to have Celine Dion sing this, actually. But oh, really? Took I didn't on. know that. Yeah, and um, it was number one on the Billboard charts for a very long time. And okay. it actually... Yes, it was. had so many good nominations. Academy Award nom for Best Music. Yes. Original Song. Yes. Grammy Award for Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. Had an MTV Award, of course. That's like a given. Yes. <laughs> Well, Aerosmith was popping during this time. And, like, the the fact that they want to invite Celine is because I think there was the popularity of Titanic happening. They wanted to, like, they do that. They're kind of like, oh, jump on the bandwagon of she's a hit, that voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah, I think that's what really gave it a bit more legs because, to be honest, the story was a little bit, you know, dialed in. It was a little cliche. It was all the kind of, like. It's also a tearjerker, though, too, in the end. It is. And kind of reminding you to, like, keep your loved ones close because you just never know know what's going to happen like the world could end tomorrow and you just gotta but if your loved one has to go drill into a meteor to save the planet well you just gotta (laughs) let him go just kidding (laughs) oh my god I'm terrible but no but seriously I think that really did kind of I think the big names in the movie as well as the music like you said getting that kind of recognition I I think it gave it more legs than it would have had right but yeah, there was a, it was kind of like an all-star cast, but it was just kind of like, it wasn't very realistic. Maybe that's why I was like, that's not realistic. A lot of it wasn't realistic. And deep, maybe it's because I saw Deep Impact and that was trying to be realistic, actually. Yeah, With and the, I mean, 25 years ago, we have much different knowledge now <laughs> about what we're afraid of in space. You know, you know NASA I mean? actually shows this film during their management training program <laughs> for new managers. What? Yeah, it does. Uh, and I know what you're saying, uh, that weird. you didn't really love it, love it, right? But even the director... Director Michael Bay says that this might be one of his worst films he ever did, and he wishes he had more time to complete it. Um, I have to say, if people know Michael Bay, that's what it felt like. And maybe that's why I was a little put off, because it was like, literally felt like, let's see if we can throw in another explosion. And I'm just kind of like, look, people actually died. They were all like, one of the quotes they were like, in the beginning when he was talking to the president, Billy Bob or whatever. Yeah. And he's all, oh, well, you know, it was all just small meteors, nothing to worry about, size of a Volkswagen. And I'm like, um, people died. Right. (laughs) The city was destroyed. I think he was like, you just have to worry about the one that's a global killer. I'm like, how about the people that died in New York City? That's not not important. And then the other thing that really killed me is the epitome of the movie for me was when they were up, they were already out in space trying to kind of 
to do their job with a meteor. And remember the one guy that was there with the government and he was like, oh, he didn't think they would do it. So he was going to go to a plan B and he pulls out the gun and the guy's like, what are you doing with a gun in space? <laughs> just was like, oh my God, that's like, a, that was the quote for the movie. But no, the other thing I thought, oh my gosh. The, the word that came to my mind when I was watching it, I was kind of scanning, I have to be honest. It was so long. It was like two hours and 30 it minutes. It really is long. I was like, the word that came to my mind was gratuitous. <laughs> It was just gratuitous in all the way, all the ways possible. I mean, how did I know? I am kind of dominating my opinion on this, but what did you feel about it, genuinely? I loved it. Uh, <laughs> just like I'm, I'm knocking for, like, it. The romance and just the tearjerker okay. and Bruce Willis just saving the world so that his daughter can go marry the love of <laughs> That's the other life. thing. They know that the, the world is going to end probably really likely in 17 days and they're trying to prepare and the dude, Ben, whatever his name was, mm-hmm. and he's all, they're canoodling on this like awning or whatever and she, <laughs> and he's all, will you marry me? And she's, yes. And I'm like, what the, what the what? What the what, what? But anyway, I mean, look, you know, I honestly get it. Like, again, I think it was a sign of the times. People didn't want to think about real stuff. They wanted a happy ending. Yeah. They wanted stuff like that. I get it. And Bruce Willis, he was the epitome of that feel good, you know, let's say the day rugged blue collar dude, you know, just trying to do his best. You know what's really sad? Like, not sad. I I guess I don't know how to frame it. Is that, you know, he about his diagnosis? That's that's really sad. And he just had his 68th birthday and he can't act anymore because he has dementia and it's really changed him but it's so wonderful to kind of honor him so for that reason I like to say like for what he did and as an actor like die hard and like this kind of movie he was great for that kind of 100% role. Bruce Willis all the way everything you want from him he's he great delivered. he's a feel good guy yeah it's just unfortunately the yeah. the movie itself was a little womp womp and the you're not alone he got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> you know and even the director like he said he, I know he, he wish he had more time because they only had 16 weeks to film this. Oh, see, that is a massive undertaking. Like, they needed to, it was too much. You know what? They took on too much. I feel like that's what it was. Because, like, think about it when they first found out that was a big thing in itself. But instead of exploring that, they were like montage of them training to be astronauts. They were basically a crew of oil rig drillers (laughs) and they're going out to space. Here's the other thing Um, it was a global issue. And why was it only 10 ragtag Americans were going off to help save the world? I'm like, what happened? the other people in the world who are probably experts that could probably do this too. What I happened? Know. Well, they Michael just Bay? thought like <laughs> Harry was like, well, because he's like the top oil rig guy He's not an world. astronaut. But he's like, I gotta go dig this hole on the meteor <laughs> ship. They gotta get there. They gotta, they gotta get the best <laughs> of the best. And he didn't want to go without his team. And fun I fact, they, they actually There's shot one on Russian an oil dude. rig in Galveston off the coast of Galveston. That's where my family's from. So just another thing. Oh, are they? From Galveston, Texas? Yeah, shout That's out. That's actually a cute little spot. Galveston. I remember touring there. Yeah. So, okay, I think we know what you think. <laughs> I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but I mean, look, I think you can agree. The story was, you know, if you're going for a story, no. And if you're going, if you're going for facts, no. (laughs) But if you're going for feel good and like, just like how Top Gun gave you that, like, come on, high five, let's do it. Let's have a little montage of us at the bar and then we're going to throw darts (laughs) and then we're going to do it. We're going to train to be astronauts. Yeah. And then uh, it's like Steve Buscemi, they have one day off to say bye to their loved ones. And like, what do they do? They go out and he's like, I'm going to get some hookers and like, like what is happening Hollywood that's true <laughs> or not and then the, the at the end with the movie when they're like singing at the very end oh my god that was like 
guys, you, you, you know, know what I'm know. saying. You, you know. That gets made fun of, too. I it's know. Crazy. Whatever. When, when Ben Affleck was saying bye to yeah. Liv Taylor, right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the guy, the, the top security dude, he's like, and you trust these guys? I'm like, Do you first remember? of all, you would not be that, like, trivial about that situation. <laughs> Do you remember the movie Superstar with, with Molly what? Shannon and Will Superstar. Ferrell? Yes. There's a, there's a scene in that movie where they're making fun of Armageddon, and she goes and runs and jumps on Will Ferrell, and she's like, no, don't go. Like, don't go. And she's like, I has her legs that. wrapped around him. Like, okay, I'm, I'm not alone. I'm <laughs> yeah. not alone. They definitely Look, I have to say, movie. first of all, Ben Affleck, Liv Tyler, even Bruce Willis, they look good. Oh, yeah. They look good in that movie. They look have great. to give them that. Yeah. It was good eye candy. Yes. There we go. <laughs> okay. That's why I keep referencing Top Gun. I feel like there's like a little connection there of like, it was great eye candy. Mm. It's not necessarily a great story. It's okay. <laughs> All right. So how did we feel about it overall? We can give it an overall vibe and that's okay. Was it? Did you want to Armageddon on? <laughs> <laughs> Armageddon don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Was it? Ready for liftoff? Ready for liftoff? Or Armageddon don't. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take it. Okay, thank you. We'll take it. All right. (laughs) Was it ready for liftoff or Armageddon don't? Uh Uh-huh. And we say... Ready for liftoff. Armageddon don't. (laughs) I had a feeling we were going to be opposite. That's okay. It's nice to to have a a yin and yang. (laughs) But, hey, you guys know why we liked or didn't like it. Yes. And so, but what we're more interested in is to know how you felt about, like, what do you, you think? Feel about yeah, do it? you Let think? Actually, there was a lot of cinematic moments there. Again, like when they're, like, you know, the scene when they were out there, it was a lot of orchestral. I don't know if you remember, there was a lot of like action, a lot of explosive, a lot of tension. And I paid attention to the sound, which is like strings and orchestral and like very deep motion. When they're kind in of, space. And when they're in, they're in space. the oil rigs, it's all like rock. When they're the oil rigs, is Top Gunny. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And Michael Bay, that wasn't too bad. I'll give you that. Mm hmm. Um, all right, well, let's pick another one. Already, box. There was a moment when I used to blame everything and everyone for all the pain and suffering and things that happened to me that I saw happen. I think I know what this is. Mm-hmm. Is this? It was American history. Acts. American, American history. history, 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 history. history. That's right. That was Ooh. the professor. He visited him in jail. Ooh. Remember? In prison. And he was saying, like, look, I remember I was like this. I thought the world was against me. I was watching my people. Things mm-hmm. happen to them. You know, he's a person of color, you know, and, like, very different than Ed Norton. Yeah. Who, he's, like, this white dude, ex-Nazi, or current Nazi at the time, or neo-white supremacist. Whew. And he had a rude awakening in prison. This movie was wild. It was tough. It it's was a very controversial film of, of that year, nineteen. Of that year. It was yeah. very controversial because it was the first time, just like some other films, where it was willing to speak to this very uncomfortable subject, which, by the way, we're still talking about right now. And it's 2023. Mm-hmm. This was about racism in America and the rise and of the these... neo-Nazi movement. Yes, these white... Supremacists. Na- yeah, yeah, supremacist groups that are hate groups. And Ed Norton is the lead. Mm-hmm. 
I have to say, he, like, I'm telling you, he's another one of my favorite actors because he, on one side of the coin, just you despise him. Mm-hmm. And on the other side of the coin, when he has his kind of, like, epiphany, you're rooting for him. Definitely, it's, like, arguably one of the best performances of his career. Yeah. It's, like, bone-chilling, filled with intensity, remorse, and redemption. Yes, and exactly. And he was unapologetic at representing something that's very uncomfortable for our country to, like, accept about our history and about a lot of people in our current population and culture feel usually disenfranchised people. People feel like, you know, it's very easy to pick a target of blame or, you know, Mm. when you're feeling like you're being bullied. Now, this was like a remark about how young white men Mm. might get into this mentality and how it begins. It's like a character study, really, that's like examining what makes an American Nazi and how to overcome that. Yes. How to overcome that thinking, basically. And he had a younger brother mm. who, in a way, he was grooming before he went to prison. And he had this change of heart and realized he didn't want his brother to... He thought his younger brother thought, oh, look what I've been doing. I've been making you proud, right? And he was like, no, 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 no. I was wrong. Yeah. And it was a, it was an interesting moment. And so the American History X, that title is actually the name of the paper that this high school principal, who didn't want to give up on his younger brother, because he already knew, like Ed Norton, he thought he was just a really smart student that just had gone down the wrong path and now he's in prison, whatever. And so he didn't want the younger brother to do the same thing. So he wasn't giving up on him, even though he was like racist, you know, like yeah. really awful. He wanted to give him a chance and realized where he was coming from. So it was interesting that it was a black man who mm-hmm. was like really trying to give him compassion and empathy. Yeah, it's like we learned that racism begins at home and the story is basically... It's taught. It's yeah, definitely it's taught. taught. It's taught at home, sorry. Yeah, yes. that's and right. Ed Norton's character, Derek, is just basically trying to save his little brother from this way of thinking. He had a huge role in how he molded him. And he gets out of prison, as we find, because he was up for parole, because of the help of that principal. Mm. So he realized he helped him give him a chance for a new life. And right. so that's why he kind of enrolled him to say, like, help help us. You have a voice in this community and you could be the one to help turn these minds around. It was it was interesting <sighs> and it's bittersweet. I don't want to ruin it because I wonder if yeah. some people see because this one Some I don't moments think are really hard saw. to watch. It was hard. You know what? I love that though. I was thinking watching this again and I, it was one of my favorite movies when I first saw it. It was hard to watch but it was really, I was watching another thing that had to do with this subject and the woman she runs an organization who really tries to, to kind of bring to light awareness of real history in the South and stuff like that. And a lot of it's very uncomfortable comfortable yeah but you know even talking to the interviewer she was like yeah this is really hard to talk about but we need to talk about it like talking about the number of rapes that were happening Mm. um, that were not reported and not even acknowledged and it's uncomfortable but until we acknowledge that we can't heal so I was like watching this and I was like gosh you know this is uncomfortable and then I was just going like you know what how wonderful it is to sit through that and let the uncomfortableness come up but know that you're looking for that redemption too because that's where your heart is and I feel like if people are willing to just do that. I think a lot of white people are worried like, oh, you know, I don't, it's not me. You know, that's there's a reaction, but that's sit with it. If you are yeah, feeling like... Yeah, because it's an honest depiction of violence and racism depiction. in this country today. It's happening now, but it's like prevalent. sit with it. But say like, look, you might have been like that. Let's say you were even neo-Nazi before. The point is if you're feeling like that's not who you are now and that's what you don't want to see that now, you feel for these characters, that's a good thing and it's right. going to make you feel uncomfortable and that's okay. We need to feel uncomfortable to make change. Hmm. Like look at the Holocaust in Germany 
harmony. You know, like we have to atone. I think that's the only way that things will truly shift. And we won't have these groups forming anymore because it's like they're looking for reasons to justify their state in life and blame it on a scapegoat that isn't real. Mm. You know, we need to band together. It's like maybe we it's our government, maybe it's our culture. Harmony yeah. With each other. yeah, we're just human beings, right? You know, race was created as a slavery construct. There's no such thing as different races. We're a human race. Mm-hmm. We have different ethnicities, right? And so that was used to control. So knowing that every time knowledge and sitting through the uncomfortable, so we can actually get the real facts, the history that was hidden from us, that lets us love each other and have more empathy for each other. Mm-hmm. That's how we change it, right? And yeah. Just having a change of heart. Also, he went through something in prison where he was like a black dude is actually is the reason why he survived prison, mm. and that's why he had that change of heart and he realized. And the end right? of the movie makes you really oh, feel so for sad. him. So that, sad. That it you got to watch it. Actually, it was an honest ending. Yeah. It was honest. Mm-hmm. Cuz it was like there was so much that had to be unraveled and had already been created that you can't just like Right. You know? It's going to take some work. But it's real and how about Oscar the nominated music? Yeah, and you know best what? actor in a leading role. He didn't win, although he should have, but I know. Incredible and the soundtrack, the scoring of this film yeah, was all was, done by Anne Dudley. It was very emotional. It was be- it was very emotional. It was very kind of like I was thinking piano. It was almost like classical piano at moments. It was like this orchestral thing and it was very stripped down a little bit. And I was so surprised but it, it led with that. It opened with that. There was times when he came back and he was like with his friends and they were like playing like hardcore like death metal vibes. Yeah. But the movie, I felt very emotional. And they they kind of jumped between past and present like the past would be in black yes. and white. Kind of like a Spike, yes. Spike Lee's film. And good, good note. Yeah, yes. It, it was very captivating. I loved how they did that. That yeah. helped us realize, oh, this is in the past. This yeah. Is, and then this is him now. And right. so, yeah, and the music, again, it almost had a Spike Lee vibe. Now it that did, you're mentioning right. that. And actually, that's why Ed Norton wanted to do it because he was such a fan oh. of Spike Lee films and this was very reminiscent of it that. It was. Directed by Tony Kay, but it had okay, that Spike that Lee feel. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Because Spike Lee definitely in all his films he's not afraid to talk about race and the issues happening not only the subject but the music he lays over yeah. usually it's like this very dramatic sometimes he uses it too much where you're like I can't hear the dialogue <laughs> I, but like this one was a good balance I felt mm-hmm. yeah wow and then great film who was the the mother was a well known I forget what her name is Damn she's that. like old school yeah she and was then, great in this but yeah. also the, the, Stacey the girlfriend Feruza mm-hmm. oh my god from, from The Craft from The Craft I mean, and from Waterboy like, perfect because like uh, she channeled the craft in this one she, she was creepy that crazy creepy she girl was so well. creepy yeah, nazi wild. girlfriend yeah. <laughs> sorry <laughs> but like yeah and that's the thing he was like thinking you know when he came out he thought she loved him and was all about him and she was like uh no i'm about this life you She's, know he was like i can't be and then turn on him in a heartbeat right how sad Ew, and his gross friend almost like was gonna shoot him i'm like ew he was pr- probably realizing, like, wow, these were my friends. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, so, and this was your first time watching it, right? First time watching it, yes. And I was at first thinking, like, oh gosh, I forgot to warn you because it's it a little like the, the opening intense. scene was just like the first five minutes of it is just know. so intense. But. Well, the very, very first scene, did you know it was like just the shot of the ocean with that music? Oh, yeah. And yeah. I was like, well, that's a weird way to open because yeah. I didn't remember that. But then it goes into like the and like yeah, you're just the, like the thrown into it. Yeah. <laughs> And Ed Norton, man, he's scary. He was and so I was good. thinking about him in Fight Club, even to, like it's the way he, I don't know, he just like turns it on. Like it was weird. Did you know he dated Selma Hayek around this time? No. I didn't know that. I was okay. like, what? Okay, Selma. 
and Ed. They were actually married for like three years. Wow, I can see that. He's, <laughs> he's actually, he picks some really good roles. I like how he challenges himself that way, you know? Mm-hmm. It was amazing. You guys need yeah. to watch this film. I think we know that we loved it. Yeah, we, we okay, yeah. So what's our vote on it? <laughs> was it a... Hmm. A wake-up call? Ooh. Or a downward spiral? I like that. Thank you. That's good. Thank you. <laughs> because I think we're still in this weird middle ground. I feel the sorting it hat is happening, and I feel more and more people are seeking that understanding and that knowledge that is going to create that healing and atonement. But I feel like there's still resistance. Mm-hmm. There's still resistance. But I feel like my hope is we're Wake going to, off. yes, this this new chapter of redefining who we are as Americans. And you know what I'm saying? With that said. Was it a wake-up call or a downward, downward spiral? And we say... A wake-up call. This was. Wake-up. Beauty. And you know what? Again, this was the beginning because 90s, a lot was going on. You know, remember with um, Rodney King? Wasn't that in the 90s? That was when that happened. But what I'm saying is there was tension, and this was the first time Hollywood had the courage to green light a movie like this where we were, like, opening the door for that conversation. Yeah. It's very uncomfortable. We weren't, like, Disneying it up. Right. You know, so I love that. Very I was really happy face. about us moving in that direction, and that was— It's become a cult classic, this film. It has been. Yeah. And uh, so, okay, yes, All we right. got one more before we get to our second chance, second chance, chance yeah. segment. Yeah, up, Shazit. I'm up? Okay, here we go. What is it? Let's give you a— Act it out. All right. Remember, alcohol equals puke equals smelly mess equals nobody likes you. Oh, that sounds like the wedding. wedding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, I oh love my this God. Movie this is a so fun, fun movie. I, it still holds up. It's still <laughs> funny. It's still charming. And guess what? Adam Sandler. Gosh. Here we go. This was actually one of the movies I actually like Adam Sandler. <laughs> Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore together. And oh, Drew Barrymore. I love so Drew Barrymore. Magical. She's one of my faves. This is their first film together, but they've done so many, like 50 Since then? Dates, blended. Yes, they had good chemistry. Such good chemistry. But good this chemistry. is just like a good, feel-good rom-com. You know, it's a 80s flashback. 80s. And um, talk <laughs> about amazing soundtrack. Amazing um, soundtrack. The, I felt so good listening to all the songs in between the segues. It's and a soundtrack of the ages. It's a soundtrack of the ages. It's like the best of the 80s, the right? Smiths, Billy Idol, which literally had a yes, cameo. Yes, Billy Idol was in movie. it. Yes, he was in it on the uh, plane. <laughs> Dead or Alive, The Cars. Just a ton oh of my God, amazing the cars. 80s bands are in this. Such good. And then, of course, Adam Sandler was like singing the as a man himself. He was literally singing the songs. He's actually a good singer. He's so good. I love mm-hmm. his song. Well, he had two, but Somebody Kill Me, where he's like. <laughs> when he, after his girlfriend totally okay, like yes. left him at the altar. And then he wrote this. Somebody just, kill me, please. <laughs> On my knees. Pretty, pretty, please kill me. <laughs> and I how want to die. Because <laughs> um, he first starts off like easy. He was like. Dun, 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 dun. He's yeah. like. Hey, you da, 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 da. How much. 
I need you. <laughs> and then he's like, somebody can <laughs> But you know what? How the cute was like. Perfect like ending to that when he's singing that is when John Lovitz, he's like watching from behind the curtain. Oh, and like, he goes slowly to the side. He's out of his mind. He's losing his mind. <laughs> and then he's and like. I'm <laughs> reaping all the benefits. <laughs> and then he slowly yeah. slides out of frame. Oh, my God. But how cute was Drew Barrymore in this? Because Aww. how sweet was she? She was watching him. You know, she was one of the caterers. And he's sitting there singing that song. And she's just like, has Aww. this cute little sweet smile. It's like, who broke your heart? Right. <laughs> and she's just I, adorable, adorable. She's still adorable. I love her so much. She's such a sweetheart. In a nutshell, basically, Adam Sandler, he's a wedding singer. And he just got his heart broken. Ex-rock star. Ex-rock star. Or wannabe rock star, really. And he got his heart broken because his soon-to-be wife left him at the altar. At the altar. So sad. And, and like, he has the most like romantic a... job ever singing at these weddings. <laughs> Right, so he was, he could he had to like figure out what to do because he was just didn't have the heart in him anymore. All these outbursts, which and is like so yeah, sad. and but Drew Barrymore, he kind of stumbled across her. She was about to be married to kind yeah. of a skadoosh. Skadoosh douche. And uh, he basically was, Adam Sandler was being a gentleman, even though they had a kind of like a spark. But he was honoring the fact that she was with somebody and was about to get married. He finds out as they go out one night, they did a double date, right? Mm-hmm friend of Drew Barrymore really liked him and so they went on a double date right yeah and the girls went to the bathroom and he realized that the guy was a complete like cheater and was like just a jerk and he just didn't feel right about it cheaters suck cheaters suck (laughs) but like yeah and then of course there's an iconic song which he actually sings to woo her at the end which is growing old with you which is also an Adam Sandler song it's very hooky da 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 La da da with your arthritis. La da 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 and da. Grow old with you. Uh, it's Sweet. awesome because Billy Idol's on the airplane. Her. He's like everybody in his English accent. His English accent. He's like, we got somebody here in first class. Yes. <laughs> He'd like to sing a song for you. And we pretty much let people in first class do, do whatever, whatever they, they want. want. <laughs> yeah. So good. But they released two volumes of the soundtrack because it was so good. And all oh, the really? Songs were epic. I didn't know that. And did you know, Shay, that mm. this was actually a musical on Broadway? The Wedding what? Singer. Yes, in April 2006. It, it came out on Broadway and it lasted all the way up know. until New Year's Eve that same year. But Really? Yeah. That mm. may, See, that's a good choice. I can see that being a good Broadway show. Yeah, such a great film. Epic. And anything Adam Sandler does, I just love. But actually, the same year, another honorable mention that I wanted to mention because I love it is The Water Boy. The Water Boy also was charting. It was also charting the same year. And like, uh, it's just like one of the most quotable movies of all time. Yeah. I just love The Water Boy. Oh my God. Um, That was another good one. That was, we had to make a decision about. Honestly, in this year, if we want to talk about like all the connections, um, who do we say was in Armageddon? The, The girl from The Craft? Faruka? Yes, yes, she's in this, and Steve Buscemi is in The Wedding Singer. He- oh, wait, Steve Buscemi is the brother-in-law that's yeah. that got <laughs> drunk in. meltdown. I didn't remember he was like, oh, he's a good wedding singer. Like, <laughs> he was like, did the toast, it was His terrible. drunken toast. But he, wait, he was wait, in Armageddon. Wait, was also in it? When, where was she was? No, she's in The Water Boy. Oh, she's in The Water Boy. But they're like all... Yeah, they yeah, all kind of, kind of like... Even wrote, they were popping this year, but... Adam also has Steve Buscemi in almost all of his. Films. I think like he, he has that's a lot what I'm of saying. his. A lot of actors his... will work with each other. Yeah, which especially comedic actors, I love that. 
It's such a great film. It's like Kristen Wiig and like Melissa McCarthy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or Maya, what's her name? Maya Rudolph. Yeah. Oh, I love her. She (laughs) is so funny. So, so funny. Yeah. And like, actually, I thought the story was sweet. It was actually sweet. sweet. And and even though it was like, it could have been cliche and weird. I don't know. It worked out. It was actually not cheesy. No, it wasn't. It was fun. I liked it. It wasn't slapsticky. I think I appreciated that. Yeah, because it could have been. Drew Barrymore, I swear, she's just a I force to be reckoned with. I love how she talks out of the side of her mouth. Oh, my God. I wish people could see you. That's so good. <laughs> she's just so great. <laughs> do you watch her show? I do watch sometimes. She's good. She's so sweet. She's I just so love heartfelt. her so much. She's so authentic. I love that about her. And, like, I think that's what people love to be on her show. Yeah, they just have great chemistry together. Every movie they've done. Oh, Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore? Yeah, yeah, I can see that. I can watch 50 First Dates over and over. Oh, my God, over. that's <laughs> such a good one. I love that movie. When did that come out? I want to say that that was like 2000. That was in the 2000s. 2000s. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Honorable mentions, too. Now that you mentioned that, was there any ones that we were going to say? Yeah, there were a couple, oh. like Shakespeare in Love, Rush Hour, A Bug's Life, The Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. And Pie. Do you remember? Oh, the other thing about it. Remember his keyboardist? Arquette. Oh, yeah. Arquette was in this. And by the way. Alexis Arquette. Yes, Alexis Arquette. And that was the first time they came out as trans. Mm. and But like genuinely. Yes. um, She was singing, do you really want to hurt me? So good. And then I keep singing it over. And he's like, she really got to get another song or something. (laughs) But no, yeah, that was actually big visibility at the time. That was like, Mm -hmm. you know, like big news around that because the Arquette family is well known, you know. Yeah. Um, But I remember thinking like, oh, gosh, I forgot. Is it she or they? I'm not sure. Is she? Alexis? she, Alexis. Okay, I think it's she. Oh, yeah, trans woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. That was, like, way ahead of any exposure we had to that. Obviously, there was no, like, no delving into that character beyond, like, her as, like, a keyboardist in the band. But but it was kind of cool to see. All right. So our vote for the wedding singer is first class, Mm. like the plane, Mm -hmm. or, oh, I don't want to say left at the altar. Yeah, say that. Okay. (laughs) First class or left at the altar. Okay. So our vote for the wedding singer is... First class. class. All the way, baby. Ah. Ooh. That was not what meant to be a good one. <laughs> a little Aaron Neville. Um, okay, yes, so, I loved it. Okay. So, yeah, that was a great movie. And so we are finally to our second, second chance, 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 chance. And what this segment is, to remind you guys, is that we often will find a movie that it wasn't necessarily in the top, top. It was almost in the top, but we felt it was top enough to mention because of its soundtrack Mm -hmm. or something musically that was happening around it or something that was noteworthy enough that we felt it deserved a little shout out. Right. Okay, so you go ahead and pick that last one. All righty. And what is this second chance to dance this episode? The flower that blooms in adversity is the most rare and beautiful of all. This was Disney. Disney. Oh, yes. And this was the animated one. The very first one was purely animated, but in old school kind of Disney cartoon vibe, not the new school like Pixar vibe. Yeah. And this was the first time Disney didn't do like a traditional Western story. It was a Chinese folklore. It was based on a Chinese folklore. And tell me more about it. So basically Mulan, her father gets drafted into the Chinese military and she poses as 
a soldier to go fight for him because he's really old and she doesn't right. want Well, because, yeah, die. they came a-knocking and her father was too old because she thought if he went, he would definitely not survive. Yes. So she decided she to... She has to impersonate a man yes, and she goes off with the She recruits. goes off to fight as a man mm-hmm. for, the, for the emperor. And she's accompanied by her dragon, Mushu, played by Eddie Mushu! Murphy. Mushu! I said Murphy! That's right. <laughs> Mushu's so cute. And she basically saves China. By defeating the Huns. but and, and remember, she was also about to be, like, set up to be married. Remember? Mm-hmm. they were It was, like, arranged marriages. Please bring honor to us, please. Yes, there was a lot home. of, like, wonderful messages throughout the whole thing where it was showing how she was super creative. She was a problem solver. Everything she did, she always was clever about it. She's such a great role model yeah. for young girls. I love this movie so much. And this soundtrack slaps. I still yeah. play this soundtrack to this day. Who's who's the famous track on it? Christina Aguilera for her song Reflection. Yes. And it was number 15 on Adult Contemporary. How does it number go Number 24 on Billboard. Who is that girl I see yes. staring straight back at me? Oh. When will my reflection show who I am? Inside. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So great. Number so 24 sweet. on the billboard. It's very sweet. Yes. And um, also, the theme song of the movie was True to Your Heart. Yes. Dun, dun, true to Your Heart by 98 Degrees and Stevie Wonder. That's right. Stevie Wonder had that. Well, that Stevie Wonder had another one. Number 51 on the billboard charts. He did a lot. Um, yeah. He had another track that was like, I forget the title of it, but that and the Christina Aguilera one was the one that really had a lot of. But the ones that everyone like loves and remembers is I'll Make a Man Out of You by Donny Osmond. Yes! Mr. I'll Make a Man Out of You. Oh my god, I could go on and on. It's a sweet story. Actually, it's the animation is really cute and classic. I loved it. Won a gold, well, it was nominated for a Golden Globe for mm-hmm. Best Original Score yeah. and Best Original Song by, you know, Reflection. And mm-hmm. fun facts about this, Jackie Chan dubbed the Chinese dub. He Did voiced he? for... Um, Lee. Oh, cool. And, you know, so Eddie Murphy plays Mushu, but right. Joe Pesci and Richard Dreyfus turned down the role before Eddie oh, picked really? it up. Oh, really? For Mushu? Yes. And oh, Eddie I can see actually, Joe Pesci doing it. That's <laughs> I cute. I can see him doing That's it, That's cute. Eddie actually didn't want to make the trip to the recording studio, so he actually recorded all of his lines in his Jersey mansion. Oh, my God. And it became one of his most iconic roles, I mean, honestly. I want to have that life. Let me record <laughs> for these shows. I do. I want to do voiceover for like, you know, Any I love Disney animated film? stuff. You know, it's yeah. fun. You get so much, so much fun. It was also nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Music. Okay. And it flopped in China. This you know, I heard about that. Because they Why? didn't believe Why do you Mulan think? looked Chinese enough. What? Yeah. Interesting. So they thought we Americanized her? And did you know, so the character Li Shang, the main guy of the... Mm-hmm. Um, emperor? Emperor. No, 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 not the emperor. No, 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 the, no. the one like like training all the recruits. Yes, like yes. The main guy, the captain. Yes, the head guy. Captain. He's seen General in the Pen. LGBTQ community as an icon because it, it's Why? kind of like they think that it was like bisexual because he was kind of oh, into Ping, Mulan, when yes. she's dressed up as a guy. Ping, right. That he was kind of into Ping and like fond of Ping. Right. Before he knew it was Mulan. That's what they'd say. That's what they no, try to say. No, you know what? You're right. I remember actually Ginger had brought that up. They, have they a were lot having of a moments. liking to each other. And then I was like, wait, while she was still a guy? 
Yeah. And he and she was like, yes. And so it was almost like, but then she had a feeling for it, and so she revealed. Yes. But. But it's like kind of like in you know, Beauty and the Beast where they have those moments between Belle and the Beast where they like kind of like there's something there. Yes. You know, and it's kind of filmed the same way. So anyway, oh. with the remake of Mulan, you know how they just released the remake yes. like last year. And they have like time? an actual non-animated yeah. Mulan too. They didn't include that in the remake. Oh, interesting. And it's kind of like a missed opportunity for Disney to... I wonder why. Because they were worried it was too controversial? I think so. And I bet you. They didn't want to touch it. They didn't want to touch it. Oh, that's a it. shame. But they, it was a missed opportunity. No, but. I think that people picked up on it. And maybe that's why people liked it. Because yeah. that was the first time they were doing characters that was like a female protagonist that wasn't like, oh, I need the prince to save the day. You know, she was very independent. Mm-hmm. She was creative and all these different things. It was a different story. It had to do with different types of relationships. You know, and it was like a Chinese character mm-hmm. versus like an American, you know. So I thought that was pretty neat. That was the beginning of Disney changing how yeah. princesses or the female characters in the stories, like what their motives were and mm-hmm. like how the story unfolded, you know. Exactly. Because before that, it was just like. Always the prince saving the day. Right. Yeah. Mulan for the win. Mulan for the win. Everyone go watch it. And I think a lot of people might have missed that one. That's why we're saying we're bringing it up because it's tough. It didn't have all the glitz and the glam of a special kind of animation. And maybe it wasn't promoted. But they probably didn't promote it as highly. But it had a $90 million budget. Yeah. up there in the box office. It was up there. And I feel like, well, hey, Mulan 2 came out, blah, blah, blah. So there's enough of momentum that people loved it. Mm -hmm. But it was the beginning of Asian character Mm -hmm. getting, you know, the spotlight, which was amazing. It's been dubbed in French, Arabic, Chinese, Spanish, Italian, Brazilian, <laughs> Polish, Greek, Korean. List goes on and Jeez, on. Jeez, that's amazing. That's Disney for you. That's but worldwide. That's yeah, our and, second and chance then, to dance. Yeah, that was our second chance. And I did want to mention, Christina Aguilera making a comeback. She's been like on a lot of stuff we've been reviewing. I know. Like she's like really into the well, cinema. Well, this, in 1998, going back to this frequency, Christina wanted to release a song that showed her powerhouse vocals. And this is a song that did that for her. Because before oh, it was just Genie in a Bottle. Yes, she wanted call. it like, you know, they wanted her to be very pop, bubblegum pop. But she it was, was like, before nah, she broke honey. out and before yeah. she was the Christina she is now. This is the song that made her, everyone be like, oh, you are different. That's with when your she vocals. started kind of getting up there with the Mariah vibe. Yes, and the Whitney. And and just the Whitney. in that same realm yes. of like powerhouse. Yeah. Total, I love that fact. Okay, well, yes, that was our second chance to dance. And I hope. <laughs> You guys appreciate that because listen to part one and you just heard part two, but all these movies really, really interesting and very popular of the time. But do they still stand up for you? You know, if you watch them again and maybe looking at them differently because of the the music notes we mentioned, right? Mm Let us know what you think. We want to yeah, hear Yeah, so your that's thoughts. a wrap. Is that our wrap for 1998 part that's 2? That's a wrap for 1998. Oh my. And All the right. whole year part oh 1 part gosh, 2. Oh my gosh, that's a wrap for the year and we were excited to take you guys in our time machine back to <laughs> 1998. And so yeah, like we always say, do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you agree with the the feedback we had in our comments on those titles? What did you think? Let us know. We want to hear from you. We love all your comments and feedback. Did we miss anything? Was there a film this year that you just loved and you wish we would have talked about? Let us know. Do you want us to talk about a certain title and think about it? It doesn't matter the year. We're open. We're going through and like picking stuff that's relevant to us or that we're interested in. But we're also thinking noteworthy stuff that is still resurging and still in people's minds, you know. But we'll 
hop around. We can hop to any year. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, but with that said, definitely follow us on Spotify, mm-hmm. and you can leave comments there. Yeah. And, and give us a rating. Tell us what you think about our episodes. And subscribe so that subscribe. you don't miss any episodes. Yeah, every time we put an episode out, if you're subscribed, it'll go bing Yay. and let you know that there's a new Sonic Chronic waiting for you. <laughs> All right? Thanks for tuning in to the Sonic Chronic, and that was the frequency of, of that, that time. time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Frequency of the time.